Welcome to Fighting Failure, a podcast all about solutions for the climate crisis. This is episode two, air travel, as part of our four-part series on transportation. I'm your host for this episode, Oscar Archibald. I'm your co-host, Hisham Kanan. And I'm your other co-host, Sandia Stapleton. Make sure to listen to the first episode to get the full introduction on the transportation topic. There will, as always, be a link in the show notes. So as a quick reminder, aviation makes up 12% of emissions from transportation. Of these emissions, 40% is domestic, which could be replaced by public transportation, e.g. trains, you know, we have, we have trains, tram systems, taxis. People love their Ubers these days, so why not take an Uber? Exactly, because on an Uber, uh, someone is, the, the driver is always using their Uber. It's not really going wasted. Of this, 60% is international, which is harder to replace. Business travel could be replaced by telecommuting or video conferencing. Leisure travel could be reduced or replaced by domestic holidays. And freight travel could be replaced by more carbon-efficient ships. It's also important to reduce demand for overnight shipping and produce goods locally. So, with the introduction out of the way, let's talk about the issues with aeroplanes. Airplanes emit carbon emissions. <laughs> Simple as that. Um, and the industry for airplanes are only growing. So airplanes emit, that is so true, but it's not only carbon dioxide. Airplanes emit a huge variety of poisonous and toxic chemicals into our atmosphere. Remember if you look up at the blue sky and you see an airplane, it's got those big lines of white stuff coming out of the back? Yeah. You know that? Yep. Those are called contrails, and they are full of things that hurt our environment. Oh, dear. They're not only your carbon dioxide, you've got your nitrous oxides, your sulfurous oxides, uh, bits of water vapour that cause global warming from being so high up in the atmosphere. It's not just CO2. That's why we use the metric CO2 equivalent. Yeah. Um, airplanes create a huge variety of horrible emissions, uh, and they not only emit in the high atmosphere, where uh, they can stay for a long time and cause long-term impacts, they also um, ruin the neighbourhoods which airports inhabit. So the area around Heathrow is quite polluted because of all these aeroplanes that are coming in and out of there so often. And further, you know, I would just like to add, just for those who, you know, aren't 100% clear on what, a, what greenhouse gases are and how CO2 affects the planet, uh, CO2 is a form of greenhouse gas, uh, gases. And greenhouse gases, what they do is they effectively, they trap heat in our atmosphere, which then, you know, that causes multiple uh, climate catastrophes, such as the melting of glaciers in the both the Arctic and the Antarctic. And that causes sea levels to rise. So as you, as you know, as you could probably guess, you know, this is going to, it could lead to global catastrophe, huge, huge global catastrophe, civilization, suffering. That's just a quick reminder for those who may have forgotten. Yeah, it's a quick reminder of how entirely messed up this world is. But it's getting worse. The aeroplane industry is growing. More and more aeroplanes are taking off every year. And this is a huge issue because aeroplanes, I guess per person, aeroplanes emit huge amount of carbon dioxide. It's a huge, huge amount of carbon dioxide and other horrible gases compared to uh, cars and trucks and trains and whatnot. That percentage is only going to grow. Yeah, because it's it's getting more expensive. Sorry, it's getting cheaper. It's getting much, much cheaper to fly. Far more affordable than it was 10 years ago, that's for sure. And that means it's creating even more issues. And, and what's also really disappointing is a lack of government action. 
uh, often cases the 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 routes which are becoming more affordable through the aerospace industry is are actually the domestic flights domestic air travel and that that's a huge problem because you know people think you know instead of driving for four hours or five hours they can just take a 40 minute plane ride and it costs the same amount as going to the a gas station and paying for gas but essentially it's, it's far far worse for the environment to take to, to take a domestic flight so you know the affordability of domestic flights isn't actually a good thing because it's it's promoting domestic flights which is increasing by by you know it's significantly increasing uh co2 emissions and other greenhouse gas emissions toxin emissions it's, it's really horrible it's just really disappointing to see how little the government is doing about this they're i mean yeah they're bailing out all these airlines because of covid the airlines are clamoring for money and the government is just saying oh here you go here's lots of money here's tax relief here's this 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 the government should be trying to kill the airline industry, not to sustain it. Yeah. But it's growing, and the growth of the airline industry is one of the biggest challenges we're facing. We want degrowth of the airplane industry. We want the airplane industry to tank and fall into the ground and die. It's a little bit extreme, Oscar. A little bit extreme. Okay, a little bit extreme. Even worse are the frequent flyer programs. Because what does a frequent flyer program do? It encourages people to fly more frequently. Frequent flyer programs encourage people to fly more. It's just like when you have loyalty points at your supermarket. It encourages you to go to the supermarket more. If you have a frequent flyer point, you're more likely to fly. And this is terrible. You're more likely to fly because you've got free. So it seems like the issues with the airplanes are not as much about that they emit. It's that they, the industry is growing. It's that we're getting more and more and more airplanes. I guess the reason that that is a problem is, of course, because they emit, but the biggest problems we need to tackle is not the emissions of the aeroplanes, because uh, for what it's worth, aeroplanes are pretty efficient. But they, there's not so much waste in terms of... Obviously, they, they emit a lot because you've got to get the plane off the ground. But once you take that into account, they're, they're pretty efficient. And the airlines are getting pretty efficient. But the biggest problem that we're facing, and also it's probably more easy to tackle than trying to make planes actually renewable, is the issue of the growth of the airline industry. Yeah. You guys got any other problems you want to add? I've got a problem. Problem is they don't give me free food on the planes anymore. Yeah, they make the planes cheaper, but raise other costs, like secretly. Thank, thank God that section is over. We've already covered the main problems with airlines. So now let's talk about the solutions. Last time when we talked about EVs, we emphasized that they are not the silver bullet. However, compared to green technologies in the aircraft, EVs look very, very shiny. I guess, I guess what you mean by that, right, is that you've got this, this idea of the silver bullet, which is one thing that will come in and change everything. And in the car industry, people conceive EVs to be the silver bullet. And we talked about that in our last episode. Because electric vehicles are basically an alternative to cars that work almost as well, except they don't emit while they're driving, at least. We talked about production emissions in, our, yeah. in that episode as well. But when, when, they're, when they're driving, they, they just don't emit. The way, the way that they, yeah, the way that they, the, it's basically what happens is, you know, the emissions shift from being emissions via, you know, emissions while driving to rather emissions from providing the energy if it's not, if it's a non-renewable non source of energy. Coming back to aircraft, uh, we just really don't have this sort of easy alternative that we do in the car industry. There's, you can't have an electric plane. If you do the calculations batteries are so heavy and uh, to have enough energy to take off you wouldn't it's just impossible it would have to be so heavy you would need more like 
think about it, it's, it's a bit of a, a snowball. If you're ever trying to have a battery to power the plane, you need more energy because the battery's heavy. But then now that the battery's heavier, to give more energy, you need even more energy. Exactly. And it's sort of impossible to have a proper big airliner powered off a battery because the battery is so heavy. Yeah. It's just impossible. You can't have an electric aircraft. Electric aircraft are only possible at the really small scale. So you can have a model aircraft that's based on a battery. You can't have an electric airliner. You just can't. Um, so this is why, as we were talking about before, it is so important to reduce uh, the amount that we fly. Yeah. Even, because there is really not these sort of alternative technologies. So as we've mentioned in previous episodes, oil is a great fuel because it carries so much energy in such a small space in a small mass. And the problem is with that, that batteries just cannot get to that same level of, of, of that. So, you know, I, I promised solutions, but here I really don't have that. My, my solution is don't fly. So no matter what technologies we develop, we have to reduce air travel. It's just the same, you know, with EVs, you know, electric vehicles are a solution, but it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. You can get your EV, but still the best option is to try and reduce the amount that you have to use a car or even entirely stop using a car. And, and it's even more important with aeroplanes. Uh, and so here I've written some awesome ways that we can reduce air travel. Uh, to start off, I think definitely uh, telecommuting is a, is a great solution. There's so many people who, uh, a lot of domestic air travel is uh, business, business trips, business, uh, for, for business purposes, right? And to reduce that, you can join a meeting, you know, just by opening your computer, opening whatever, Google Meets, Zoom, whichever uh whichever application you use and you can just open it you just open it and you can you can be in the meeting and that's it's that it's that simple there's no longer that need we're we're on a google meet right now we haven't we haven't all flown to london to record this podcast where we're all recording from across the world we're each in a different continent something we can take out of covid is that telecommuting has been proven to work people are being forced to not take these business trips and i think it's actually working out pretty well Local holidays are also a great alternative for traveling from place to place. Yeah, I mean, here in the UK, uh, we, we cycle a lot. So in, in my family, at least, we, we often take cycling holidays, which sounds kind of lame, but it's not. I guess it's a bit like how you Americans love your road trips. We love our cycling trips. You really get to, to see the beautiful detail along these back roads rather than speeding along a motorway. And, and it can be really beautiful as well as being great exercise. Uh, you get to meet people, meet different foods. Uh, it's it's really it's a really great alternative to a holiday that I think is really underrepresented in the media, as well as trains. I love trains. You guys know I love trains. Uh, you'll also, especially if you listen to the last episode, you'll know I love trains. As well as something I touched on earlier, which is about local beauty. Um, so an example of this, I, last time I talked about like Cotswolds and Scottish Highlands. When we used to live in Australia, New Zealand is really beautiful and it's also really close by. But we never went to New Zealand because we were like, why would we go to New Zealand? It's so close. And now I've never been to New Zealand and I don't know if I ever will be able to go to New Zealand. Um, so it's important to remember that places near you can also be really beautiful and you shouldn't disregard them. I mean, Kisham, you live in Malawi. What, what are some really beautiful places in Malawi or near Malawi? So, I mean, we, we did a small trip to Tuma Forest like an hour drive away so if you get your electric vehicle i mean just take that if you got a bus you know whatever but basically you know there's these small trips that you can make which are much more efficient you know even though our traveling there emits uh carbon uh, carbon dioxide and gre greenhouse gases right it, it's far more efficient than traveling all the way to mozambique in a car which is you know like uh so it's a long like one day trip you know why would we travel to well, we could travel to mozambique it's still 
a much more feasible plan than traveling all the way to Europe for like a two week holiday. But you know, the thing is, try uh, always stay local. That's a, it's a big part of you know uh, the climate debate. You know, stay staying local is really gonna be what allows us to progress in the right way. I actually went on a road trip to Mozambique, and it is the most horrible thing. Do not go on a road trip to Mozambique. Just don't. Okay? <laughs> it was. It's beautiful once you get there. It's beautiful once you get there. How How about you, Sandia? Well, how about the Himalayas? Uh, Oscar, let's let's be honest. Let's be honest, Oscar. The Himalayas are completely war ridden. You, there's no traveling to like the Himalayas. You, you can't go to Kashmir. You're gonna get caught up in a, like some terrorist conflict going on there. Like you can't. You can't. No, not not the not the not Kashmir. I've been to the Himalayas. It's really nice. Uh, you go to Nepal. Yeah, but that's not that's not India. You're saying domestic, like within India. It's, it's kind of local. Like if you look on the big scale of things, you could drive with your electric car, of course. Definitely, and I I was talking to you know I have I have lots of I have lots of Indian friends and and they talk about doing hikes you know up up large mountains to you know make it to a, a you know a temple which is built on the top of this like you know, forested mountain and it just sounds so amazing like there's always this this beauty but you have to really want to discover it to discover it you know and I also wanna I also wanna bring up when I was in the U S because of COVID. We were in the U.S. for a while, like many people who live overseas because of COVID. And while we were there, you know, I, 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 I'm from Vermont. I love Vermont. I'm a Vermont enthusiast, as, as my friends know. And I, 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 uh, I've never experienced Vermont the way I experienced it. You know, I went, I went to Johnson. I went to, you know, the far north of Vermont. I, I just traveled all over and I went to the lake. I did hiking. I hiked uh, part of Mount Mansfield. I just did, you know, and I, I had time. Because I couldn't travel uh, internationally within the U.S., so uh, not, not internationally, but I couldn't, you know, travel across, uh, you know, yeah, I couldn't travel across the country, basically. So it was all domestic within my state. And that was, I just found out so, so much about the state, actually. And it was, it was a great experience and it, it made it that much harder to leave. And it, it's always hard to leave, but it made it so much harder this time. And I was just, you know, it was really hard you know but it was it was amazing to actually experience vermont in its true form and that's something which covid has actually brought out for me and i'm grateful actually yeah i mean i guess the last thing that we could potentially do to encourage local holidays is initiatives from the government as you guys know if you've been listening to the podcast or if you listened to the last episode i love government initiatives and i also think the eu is really good at them uh and what would be great is if if so Okay, here's a bit of a sidetrack, but if you want to go to Oxford University, you have to pay much more if you're coming internationally than if you're a UK citizen. Could you do the same thing for tourist places? Could you make it, could you have like tax relief for, for people who are traveling locally, who are citizens of the UK and visit sites in the UK, um, rather people coming from abroad to visit the UK, um, who have to pay like a tourist tax, I guess, um, to sort of, I, I guess, pay for the carbon emissions that they've created coming to the UK from somewhere else internationally. So yeah, I think government initi- initi- initiatives could also help encourage this sort of local travel. If, if you make it cheaper, if you make it cheaper, it, you make it more accessible. But don't, you know, that's also another thing. You can't encourage, uh, it would be horrible for governments to encourage local travel then by uh, lowering taxation, for example, uh, on domestic flights, because then that's just encouraging air travel. So you, it ha- you have to... It has to be in a smart way, you know. It has to actually be able to benefit. I was thinking about sort of making 
making sites of natural beauty like natural parks free for UK citizens, but you have to pay if you're international. On the topic of government initiatives, let's talk taxes. Um, there, are, there are lots of different ways we could use taxes to discourage flying. Uh, just in simple, if you have a high tax on a plane. And I think there is a really good reason for having high taxes on planes. In, in economics, you've got this, this idea of the negative externality, which is if, if a company causes a, a negative externality or a bad problem that's not related to their business, they have to pay for that. And at the moment, we're really letting companies get off scot-free for creating this huge negative externalities but really we need to pay it and they need to pay for that and a good way to do that is from taxes so then prices go up uh can i can i also add uh i just wanted to talk about there's a couple of countries that do this and you know switzerland's uh, implementing tax levies on on uh you know i think higher tax levies on tickets for planes and if you're a private plane owner, there's high, high taxes. Just and there's also, you know, taxes for owning something of that cost. So it there's that it, it just increasing, you know, taxation on stuff like that, it really can help to because no one wants no one likes taxes. No one sees, you know, on their calendar it's tax day and they're like, Woo, tax day. That's rocking and that's awesome. But yeah, but so people, you know, people want to pay as little tax as they can. So increasing tax, like CO two tax, uh on you know fuel for example uh, that it's 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 really i think it's it's a crucial thing which the the governments need to start implementing um at the moment the avian aviation industry is really floundering because of the lack of demand from covid so it's it's really difficult disappointing that the government is bailing out these these unsustainable airlines we should let them die which which airlines will come out on top after covid those are the airlines that are actually good businesses. Um, and honestly, I, I, I definitely don't want, I, I obviously don't pay tax, but if I were a taxpayer, I wouldn't want my tax money going to bailing out British Airways. That's not what I want my tax to go. I want my tax to go to building roads, helping helping people who aren't as privileged as me. I don't want it to go to bailing out British Airways because they, they weren't ready to survive a crisis. Um, Further, you know, I, I'd want my tax money to go into, you know, I, I'd want it to be, uh, you know, kind of divided uh, between uh, towns, districts, cities, so that they can make, you know, uh, they can make sidewalks, the bike paths, they can make, uh, you know, trails through the forest, and they can build new trams. And I just like, that's the kind of thing which I, I would want my tax money going to, you know, I wouldn't want it going to, you know, bailing out a, a, a airway. In the UK, the government has actually got quite a few uh, initiatives. They say car, net zero by 2050, no petrol or diesel cars by 2035. They've got a pretty serious climate agenda but they're not really keeping to it they they've approved this like Heathrow third runway scandal which was struck down by the court of appeals which would put the uk far over its targets it's disappointing i, I was quite happy when i saw these climate targets but they're, they're really not sticking to it it's just a bit sad to see that yeah yeah it's sad it's true and it's it's ridiculous you know the the i just wanted to mention you know the the un paris agreement for example you know there's there's all these huge, huge uh, meet, uh, meetings, I guess, uh, de- uh, debates and where they come up with new resolutions. And But, you know, really, are people mm. paying any attention to that? Because you'll see, it was like way, it was like 99% of countries failed to, to even meet their uh, their local uh, goals. That's, that's just, you know, it, it's it's kind of depressing, you know, and it's, it's even Switzerland, you know, a, a, a developed nation who, it, you know, they're, they're developed in a, in a in a, in an environmental sense, and they they failed to meet their twenty twenty 
INDC intended, uh, I think it's, yeah, NDC, sorry, Nationally Determined Contribution. And it, it, it is, uh, it's just, you know, it, it's sad that, that you know, but it, it's also good because by setting their goals so high, they're, they're able to, you know, try and force themselves to do better. And, and you know, that, that, that type of development, you know, it has to be forced. But, you know, to see that so many countries are failing to meet their goals, that's, that's a, it's a sad reality. Continuing with talking about sad realities, how about frequent flyers, which encourage people to fly more? Can I tell you guys my incredible idea? The inverse frequent flyer. The more points you have, the more money you pay. Now, how about it? The frequent flyer tax. So you've got frequent flyer points is a money, extra money you have to pay. I think that's pretty cool. However, it would be difficult to implement. Like that's a that's a fun concept, but I mean, thinking about you know the control of that. Yeah, it's it's the the the. It would actually have to be the the airlines would have to implement that, and the airlines are all about making big bucks. You know, they want to take home some cash. So you know, they're not gonna they're not gonna be increasing. Yeah. It's really difficult to implement. I mean, I was thinking the government could force airlines to do it <laughs> because people could just like switch between airlines or get rid of their accounts and make new ones. It'd be really difficult to implement. But just as a thought, oh, imagine a beautiful world with the inverse frequent flyer. <laughs> yeah. And then back to reality and like, oh God. So before we wrap up and move on to uh, reviewing a piece of media, uh, I just wanted to quickly touch on biofuels. So people think biofuels are cool and it's going to replace fossil fuels. They're not. They suck. It makes a huge amount of carbon emissions when you're growing the crops. Yeah. They're still burned and create emissions. They're not going to fix anything. It's it, They suck. So, However, I would like to... I would... I mean, I, I, I entirely agree with you that in no way are they going to be making it, you know, uh, more environmentally friendly. However... In terms of sustainability, you know, you can you can grow crops, right? And and you can you can you can use biofuels for as long as the earth is still intact. But how long will that be? But fossil fuels are running out. They're they're depleting very very rapidly. So they're more sustainable. However, they're not better. That's that should be you know mentioned. They still cause the same problems. Okay, so those are unfortunately all the solutions we have for the air travel industry. As you can see, the, the biggest solution is just to stop traveling by air. If there's anything else you want to add about the air travel industry, go to anchor.fm slash fighting failure and you can send us a voice message. If you do, you might be featured in a future episode. So last week we had, sorry, last episode we had the Fighting Failure Video Club where we discussed two different videos about electric cars. This week we've got the Article Club. Uh, and so we've got an article from The New Scientist. It's called Hydrogen, Hope or Hype. Unfortunately, I can't link this in the show notes. It's only available to subscribers of The New Scientist. Uh, I will link The New Scientist website below. Uh, and there's they also have a podcast, which I think might include something about hydrogen. Uh, if you do subscribe to The New Scientist, make sure to check out the 6th of February 2021 issue. Uh, that's where the article is. If you have interest in learning more about how hydrogen could be an alternate uh, fuel, uh, you should d definitely say sub uh, subscribed. We are going to be uh, providing a video on hydrogen use and uh, just stay tuned, guys. So there's a lot to discuss uh, and we will, of course, revisit this in much more detail in our upcoming episode on hydrogen, as he showed us mentioned. So we're going to focus on the part of the article that talked about aeroplanes. So I've, I've talked about it many times, about the energy density of different fuels. So hydrogen, as I've said, has an energy density far above oil um, and way above batteries. So this is, this is promising because hydrogen planes could fly for long distances, uh, whereas the battery plane just cannot. Uh, and actually, um, 
A six-seater hydrogen plane flew in 2020. Um, also, Airbus has plans for three hydrogen aircraft. Really good. And um, none so far as large. None so far as large petrol. Like so, there are no hydrogen aircraft that are as large as petrol ones yet. There's an image in the article. If you have it, you'll be able to see it. Um, we can see it's a prop plane rather than the sort of big turbofan engines that we see nowadays on jet planes. So it's clearly not going to be as, or at least at the moment, it's not as big and powerful uh, as, as jet planes. But also the way a jet plane works is that it sort of sucks in petrol and explodes it out the back and that's how it propels. But with a hydrogen plane, you usually use a hydrogen fuel cell to generate electricity, which then turns the fans. Um, so it's, it's sort of different there. However, you know, the, I just wanted to say, you know, those small planes... Though they're not very promising for, like, international flights yet, domestic travel with those small hydrogen planes could be a potential, you know, a potential form of travel, right? Because, you know, you know, a six-seater could, could carry people who want to go on a business trip. Yeah, if you wanted to get, like, across the U.S., of course. like To where they have to get at a, you know, much more sustainable, in a much more sustainable way. So, you know, it is still, it's still... So that's still, you know, that's still a wonderful, uh, a wonderful break. Before we round up, I want to talk quickly about hydrogen supply. There are three types of hydrogen. Grey hydrogen, which produces a huge amount of fossil fuels, and it's clearly not what we're looking for. Blue hydrogen, which uses carbon capture to limit the amount of fossil fuels made during the hydrogen creation process. And green hydrogen, which is, as the name suggests, completely renewable. There's also a ton of issues about how to supply hydrogen. I'm going to save that discussion for our episode on hydrogen coming up soon. So that is all we have to say about the problems and solutions with air travel. Unfortunately, compared to electric vehicles, there just there aren't as many uh, technologies that could disrupt the market in a really positive way, unfortunately. So make sure to stay tuned. Our next episode is all about global supply chains and how they can be decarbonized. See you next time on Fighting Failure.